Welcome to the Dating Stories podcast. I'm B and I'm Joe. Together we have a lot of dating experience and we're not alone, so it's time to start sharing. In each episode, we invite real daters to tell us about their creepy, juicy, embarrassing, or simply epic true dating stories. Whether you're single, ready to mingle, or it's complicated, tune into the Dating Stories podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you cast your pots. Enjoy listening. Hello, everyone. Hello, listeners. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm fine. We're usually sitting next to each other, but we're not tonight. I think life got in the way. We're both really busy, so we decided to just both do this from home. And we have Natasha in Belgrade, in Serbia. How are you tonight? I'm very well. Thank you. So happy to join you. Isn't technology beautiful? We meet Absolutely. At, uh, <laughs> different parts of the world. Welcome, Natasha. <laughs> Yeah, very good to have you and uh, keen to listen to your story. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. And Natasha, we met last summer when I was in Turkey. We were there for a wedding, beautiful wedding. And after the wedding, we went on a boat trip. And that's when we really started talking about love <laughs> and life <laughs> on <laughs> yes. a different level. And yeah, I asked if you would be okay to also join us in, in one of our episodes of the podcast because your story is very interesting. So thank you very much for your willingness to share your story. And Natasha, maybe one first question, but can you tell us something more about yourself? Yes, well, uh, I hope it will be an interesting story. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, I don't know if we would call it a story, but yes, let's see uh, what it turns out to be at the end. So um, yes, I'm 48, so very close to 50. Mm -hmm. Um, living in Belgrade in Serbia, single, have lived in several places, several other countries in my life, but most of the past, let's say decade, I was spent traveling, sharing the time between Belgrade, uh, which is the home and a base. And then, you know, as I work for an international company and my role has been very much linked to traveling around the world. I really enjoyed that. Now it's a bit trickier because I'm here all the time. Yeah. So as I said, I'm single, love traveling, trying to make... There was one thing that I heard and I remember yeah. a couple of years ago when I was interviewing one of the entrepreneurs and he said, every day is a very important day. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to live my life like that as if every day is a very important day. So uh, trying to make the best out of it and kind of you know, yeah. just enjoying life with what it has and brings. That's a good philosophy. Absolutely. I like that yeah. too. Two things that helped me, uh, I've always struggled with, you know, kind of living in the moment. Mm -hmm. I was always kind of, you know, like, what's next? What's next? Absolutely. What's next? That's me. Tell me, Natasha, what can I do to get <laughs> yeah, out of that no. rhythm? <laughs> I think there are two things that helped me actually ground myself. Okay. One of the things was the pandemic because, uh, you know, you have to slow down. Yeah. I, I kept saying, I feel like a retired flight attendant after kind of spending so many years, <laughs> you know, flying all over. And then, you know, all of a sudden you are locked in, in house yeah. and we were among the countries that were first experiencing, you know, like a full lockdown. Yeah. So that was one of the things it 
kind of just you have to be right there in the moment yeah. you know you can't be in the future because the moment you start thinking about a future it gets really you know yeah. um start becoming anxious because you don't know anything about a future um and then the second thing is like this little fellow here behind me the my my dog rio yeah so he uh you know i think he just kind of helped me because i focused on him and you know now when you go for a walk i'm having the walk in the present not in the future yeah. oh, that's great that's great to hear and i already have two cats so maybe i can try with uh <laughs> with the cats to uh walking yeah, them walk, to start <laughs> walking them, them. <laughs> get a cat leash and yeah why not <laughs> no but it's a good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> start yeah. when they're young right yeah. the bee did you experience yeah. because i know you are also i think you're also someone who lives a bit in the future right yeah i mean always making plans yeah. right i think that's uh, really part of who i am and i feel like i always have to do something yeah. but that uh, yeah that changed a little bit too thanks to COVID. so COVID yeah. hasn't been all bad no absolutely yeah absolutely well thank you natasha for a little introduction and yeah you traveled to many countries and uh, experienced i can imagine maybe also dating life in different countries oh uh, yes and no yeah in a way, yes, absolutely. And so is dating where you live now, so your home country, is that any different from any other uh, experiences you had? Can you tell us something more about dating in Serbia? I, th I think yes. I think the concept of dating as yeah. such, it's not really something that, you know, it, it would be a common thing. It's slightly different here, you know, like a lot of people start relationships like when they're in um, high school or universities mm -hmm. and then kind of stay together. I mean, the concept of dating is not really something that so common here. It, it gets pretty serious uh, immediately then, or the idea is to be serious. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, there is kind of, you know, uh, no strings attached relationships or, yeah. you know, encounters, however you want to call them. But for example, the dating apps are not really, um, you know, commonly used. Oh, here. really? It's, it's less used. And, and I say it's, it's pity because it's not easy finding dates if you're not using the apps. How do you, you know, you, you go out and then it's... Uh, meeting someone in a bar which usually doesn't really happen that easy yeah <laughs> so. and definitely not during corona times but what does it mean for you do you use the apps in serbia i try i had a very funny experience with tinder for example yeah. but belgrade is also like a weekend destination for a lot of foreigners yeah. because we have a, a lively nightlife and you know it's like especially during the summer there are a lot of people who are coming for parties here and then you end up having some random people who are there for the yeah. weekend <laughs> getting in touch. So it was, I didn't really uh, find it um, something that I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And how have you been dating then or how did you uh, manage this part in Belgrade? Usually how it happens is through friends or most of my encounters actually were linked in a way or, you know, relationships. I had a, one very long relationship here in Belgrade. Yeah. And then after that, most of the relationships I, I've had were in a way linked to other places that I lived in or traveled to frequently. Yeah. Connections through your network yeah, exactly. or whatever, or friends or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then that's a bit different than uh, how we know it uh, in our part of Europe, I would say. 
high traffic on the dating apps at least yeah there's so many as well you just can't keep up with them anymore yeah. and i think it's very common even when we when i mean we're all from the same generation when we were in our 20s we met people through friends sports youth movements you go out whereas people that grow up today and they're in their 20s i think it's very common to use apps already yeah absolutely whereas uh, when i just first started using them i i thought oh, surely people in their 20s they can just still meet people the, the traditional ways but i think that's changed a lot yeah but yeah. that makes the situation very different in serbia as a whole so yeah um so yeah uh, natasha was also wondering that maybe this is connected so the way that the dating apps are used uh, in Serbia is connected to how um, overall a relationship is viewed in Serbia. Could that be also? Yeah, I mean, look, I wouldn't generalize it, but maybe the southern part of Europe has yeah. a slightly different kind of approach to love and marriage and family, yeah. uh, meaning more traditional of looking at uh, relationships uh, is probably the reason, you know, why apps are not used in the same way as in, you know, uh, let's say a bit northern parts of Europe or, you know, where you are based. Or in US, for example, I've spent some time in US and nobody dates without apps over there. So it's just the, the way it is, right? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people who have, as I mentioned earlier, met when they were in high school, university, and then they stayed together for quite some time. Yeah. And and so how come you ended your relationship? Can you tell us something more about that? Because I think, and as we t- spoke to each other yes. previously, there is a connection, right, with how relationships are viewed in general. Yes. At least yeah, in, in your direct environment, in your country or the area where you live, and then uh, how you view relationships. Can you tell us something more about it? Well, look, I, I yes, I was in a long committed relationship since I was 22 until I was 33. And when I ended the relationship by the age of 33, everybody thought I was crazy because, you know, yeah. you don't really end the relationship. This is the time when you, you know, you should get married and start family, if not earlier, right? So... Everybody, including my mom, thought I was, you know, losing my mind. But if I was more honest to myself or maybe more courageous, I would probably end the relationship halfway through. You know, I, I shouldn't, I would not have waited 11 years, right? Okay. But I was kind well, of was trying... That, um, sorry to jump in. Was that because you realized you didn't want to be in a relationship or more linked to the guy that you were with? I didn't want to be in that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... I think even if that ended up with a marriage, the chances are probably, you know, it would have um, ended up <laughs> with a divorce yeah, at the end. So it was difficult because, you know, kind of we grew up together at the time when we broke up. It was like okay. the third of our life that we've spent together uh, mm-hmm. at the age of 33, True, spending yeah. 11 years with someone. It's a big part. Mm-hmm. But then it's about, you know, like being honest to yourself. And I think the key moment for me was when one day he asked me so how do you see our life five years from now ten years from now how do you see it and i realized we were looking at things from completely different perspective and you know hoping to get completely different experiences out of it in in what way this is I think he he had a bit more traditional way of looking at it, you know, like, I mean, he was a great guy, don't get me wrong, you know, quite well educated and, you know, a, a really good guy. But then as my career started to 
expand or develop you could see actually it's going to be a bit of a challenge but i think it's because of the traditional role of what you are expected to live as a woman or you know what's the traditional role you should have as a woman and right? what was he expecting from you i don't know i think he was probably in his head he was looking at having a similar relationship to what her, his parents had right and yeah. for me that was not something that i wanted so you know mm -hmm. that was i don't want to say a red flag you know probably there were some other flags before but that was mm -hmm. you know the, the moment when you realized okay so it's just really not going to work out so so do we understand it right the guy's the breadwinner goes to work has a career the woman raises a family that's the usual traditional way uh you know i'm mm -hmm. looking at relationships but it's uh I'm not saying that, you know, he would have had a problem with that. But yes, I think that was my, my instinct was telling me it's going to be because I really liked my, my job and I like, you know, working and I kind of, you know, always wanted to do a lot of different things and, you know, be active. Yeah. And I, to be perfectly honest, I actually never thought about myself. And I think that was one of the things that I realized later in life. I never really... You know how girls imagine themselves in like the wedding gowns or I never had that, you know, like that was <laughs> not really something that has ever been important to me. And one of my friends says, because it has never been important, that's why you're still single, but you can argue that as well. <laughs> yeah, but you could have a relationship without getting married or being in the nice white dress, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is what I keep saying. So it's not about, you know, getting married, it's about finding the life partner, right? Someone you want to share your life with and, it's, you know. Who cares if you're married or not? But I think, you know, here that's a slightly more kind of different way of looking at things, right? Yeah. People would normally get married. Um, and what happened as of then? So because that's indeed a big decision. Yeah, that relationship changed me a lot. And it took me a lot of years of searching myself. It changed my way of, you know, I thought I was okay. But several years later, <laughs> I realized I wasn't really, you know, entirely okay. And it's... Every other relationship after that, you are more and more cautious, right? How you go into it. And the more cautious you go into it, the less you actually can get out of the relationship, right? So, you know, unless you put yourself out there, you can't really experience it probably as you might have. I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, learning about what I want, yes. what it is yeah. that I expect out of a relationship that I want a partnership, that I want someone to share my life with, not somebody who can take care of me or... Or that you have to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, look, whatever, if both parties are happy, whichever scenario you have, it doesn't really matter, right? Sure. Yeah. As long as everybody is happy. So whether you take care of him or he takes care of you, or nobody does it, right? Or you, know, yeah. you both do it. It just really doesn't really matter as long as everybody's fine with that. So yeah, it, 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 it taught me what I want, what I don't want. Um, maybe more what I didn't want than what, what I wanted because, you know, it's, it's always more difficult to refine what you want, right? Mm -hmm. But then a couple of years ago, I realized I had to go to a therapy because there were a couple of things that were still lingering that I didn't resolve with myself, right? Yeah. And you keep on asking yourself questions like, you know, but yeah, but I never regretted, you know, ending the relationship. I think it was probably one of the best things that happened because my life 
would have been completely different probably uh, and i'm happy with my life the way it is now so that's good to hear yeah you sound like a very independent lady that values being in a relationship but being very much equal in the relationship it's a little bit what i tend to hear uh, from your story yeah absolutely i think it's so i mean i value freedom above everything else right you know so that's yeah, that's yeah. my key thing you know if yeah. i feel free i can do whatever and how do I'm you still, i'm still sorry for interrupting i'm still nope. hoping to find that person <laughs> to find the the person that i will share my life with do you have an image of what that person might look like personality traits or what are you looking for in a partner yes it's about more about you know having someone who has a similar mindset mm -hmm. you know expecting from life similar things uh if you have different expectations then the, it, it's not going to work of course especially not at my age maybe when you're younger right and then you know kind of shape yourself in the relationship as well but you know when you're almost 50 it's more difficult than than it uh, would have been when i was 20 yeah. or 30 even 30. Yeah. And I see a little bit of similarity sometimes also a bit with B. I also see you as a very independent woman who knows quite well what she wants from a relationship and also values very much that freedom part, Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. Nothing more uh, <laughs> terrifying than feeling trapped or feeling... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like I get it completely when you say you have to have the same mindset. Yeah. And, and I think as well when you you travel you meet people who travel and i find it difficult to to connect i have many friends who don't enjoy travel who haven't had the same experience living abroad but when i talk about relationships i find it difficult to connect with people who haven't had that experience or are not open for it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. um the question that i might have still not actually is how do you view family life and kids and so on how do you see that that was the hardest thing for me just you know um having the conversation with with yourself the honest conversation with yourself and kind of admitting to yourself what's important to you and you know what's not and then it took many years of kind of private conversations with myself <laughs> um <laughs> some conversations with my therapist as well a lot of conversations with my friends and the dog uh, all over the world Any with and the dog, dog and yeah <laughs> the dog and the other dog and you know all the but it took yes it took a lot of time to be you know saying i'm okay if i don't have kids because first time when i asked myself when I had to actually ask that question, because, you know, when you, when you reach a certain age and then, you know, as a woman, you kind of, your chances are decreasing of having kids. And then, you know, your um, doctors tell you, well, you know, if you're thinking, maybe, you know, you should start yeah, thinking yeah. harder, as it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all about the thinking, but then, you know, saying to yourself, well, you know what, if I don't have kids, it's okay. Because, for me, it was never about, you know, having kids for the sake of having kids. It, it was about, you know, having kids as a result of a relationship or, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, it's not good to want kids for the sake of having kids. That's absolutely perfect if that's what you want. But I just realized, you know, everybody was saying, oh, you are so strong. You can do it on your own. I was like, yes, but I don't want that. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the experience that I want, yeah. right? 
maybe because I have a niece who I adore and we are very close and I feel almost like a parent to her, but it was really difficult to fight with the people around you. Yeah. Saying, you know what, I don't want kids, that's not really culturally acceptable. Yeah, because you're not fitting in the box of being at a certain age and wanting kids, having kids, starting a family. Yeah. Yeah. And did you experience that also in your own family, that uh, questions were raised around that? I mean, look, my mom used to be like very persistent. First, it was like, when are you going to get married? I keep telling her, I'll get married if I find someone that I want to get married with. And that person wants to get married to me, right? And then she switched from that to, oh, you should at least have kids. But then the conversation changes as you get older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give up at some point. (laughs) I know, yes. They stop asking. Yes, that's absolutely true. But I think she's okay, you know, because I I keep telling her I'm fine, I'm happy. And it's not about, you know, whether I'm married or have kids, but it's whether I'm happy or not. I think this is what parents, they kind of assume if you don't have a husband and kids, most of the parents think you're not happy. I mean, I even had my mom's friend who has two sons with horrible marriages who thought I was really poor girl for not being married, (laughs) even if I was happy, but you know, I was not in a marriage. Yes, absolutely. And that's something I think is not only um, in Serbia, again, to come back to that topic. So that's something uh, in general, you know, if you're single and you're uh, above 40, that people think you're miserable or they have to help you or they have to do something about it or they give you advice and so on. But it's apparently difficult still to realize, no, I'm just single and very happy to be single and very successful in my life uh, without being married or without having kids or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really, really difficult to explain to them that you are actually happy. Honestly, I swear I'm happy. Of course, yes, I would prefer to have someone to share my life with at a moment because some things would have been easier, like travels or, you know, I don't know, or maybe not, maybe it won't be easier. But having that freedom that we mentioned earlier, for yeah. me, that's kind of, it, it, it's priceless, right? There is nothing that... And I'm not saying you cannot be in a relationship and feel free, of course, but that's what I want. I want to be with someone, but also feel completely free. If that's possible, I don't know, maybe that's utopia. I'm not sure, but I, that's my thing. That's what, what I would really want. <laughs> I think it is possible. What do you think, B? Should be if, if both people yeah, have the same philosophy about freedom and relationships. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, 2021, 22 soon, it should be possible. (laughs) I'm still hoping. (laughs) But at a certain moment, being a single woman, intelligent, good-looking, ambitious single woman, you get this kind of advice and also like, uh, maybe you're too independent. Maybe it's the fact that you're so independent that you scare away guys. Did you ever experience this? Yeah, yes. Um, you're absolutely right about the advices. I've had so many advices about things that I should do, should not do, what to wear, how to behave, what how to, to tilt my head, you oh. know. So, I mean, all, what are the topics you should talk about, topics you should not talk about? I mean, everybody's assuming you're doing something wrong because you're still single, yeah. you know? And that's the part that I loved. Why do you think it's, it's me, you know? I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that everybody starts from the point 
you must be doing something wrong. I was even told very directly, you must be doing something wrong because you have this and that. And it's not possible you're still single, but it's just, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. So among those advices, and I've, I've had quite a few from men actually, completely unsolicited advice. <laughs> They're the worst, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but they were dead serious right so once i was going to a business meeting and i was in a car with our company driver and i just made one silly mistake i asked him how he was right i mean how because he recently got married and i just made a joke so how is married life and then he responded in one sentence but then he gave me like 20 sentences about what i should be doing right oh so what's <laughs> <laughs> and among those things, it was like, so when you go out, you should never say where you work, what do you do? So just pretend you're, let's say, teacher or kindergarten teacher. Yeah, let's start a relationship on the basis of a lie. Excellent advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. But, you know, funny thing is, I even know cases where that has happened, right? So just for the sake of doing an experiment, I went, uh, uh, I went out one night and there was this cute guy who came and, you know, he started talking to me and he, you know, like three sentences in, he's like, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and the, the, the guy started laughing and I was like, so why are you laughing? And he was like, yeah, right. Maybe you're a headmistress, but not a kindergarten teacher. Oh, really? After three sentences. Uh, so far, the experiment. <laughs> so, no, so yeah, it was a failed experiment. Yeah, a failed experiment. But I actually know someone who met her current husband. And yeah, she said she worked as a waitress which she wasn't and then the guy told her when she finally told him the truth that if she had told him the truth from the very beginning he would not have the courage to call her out but i think that's just really you know i don't want to use any bad words here but yeah, uh, who cares who does what right yeah. i think you know we should be over that by now i think it's 21st century <laughs> absolutely and actually i also got that advice at a certain stage when I was single, to try to act less as an independent woman that knows what she wants, that it could scare away guys. Yeah, but so how, it's, how it's do you do that? Yeah, it's basically advice saying don't be yourself, which is the silliest <laughs> exactly. advice ever. Well, of course it yeah. is. Well, this is this is why so many people end up in therapy <laughs> because everybody keeps telling you don't be yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. In summary, first of all, going through therapy, as we've already discussed before, B is really a good thing. There's nothing wrong with going and seeing a therapist. No, we've all been there, done that. Yeah. And then secondly, yeah, I still also very much believe that if you want a relationship to work, it's important to start by just being yourself, right? And, and also appreciate who you are. And this kind of advice doesn't help then, because you might start thinking that yet something is wrong with you. 
But if everybody tells you that you must be doing something wrong, this is where the problem starts, right? So you end up in therapy not knowing what it is that you're doing wrong, right? Therapy has helped me a lot, honestly. I think it has helped me with dealing with some things from the past that I haven't dealt when, you know, the time was. But it has helped me most significantly to appreciate myself more and love myself more because I'm a natural giver, right? I'm the kind of person who always thinks, how will others feel? How do I make others happy? Uh, Thinking mostly about the others and then thinking about yourself. So therapy has taught me to appreciate myself, focus on what I have done and achieved, which is a lot, then on the things that I haven't achieved or done, Mm -hmm. you know, which is getting married and, and have kids. (laughs) <laughs> but but most importantly, um, it has helped me to appreciate the small moments of happiness when you are sitting in the, on your balcony with your glass of wine and just appreciating the moment that you are happy. This is your life. Um, you make the choices. You are the ruler of your life. Yeah. And there will always be things you will not do or you will not achieve. And that's fine. And that's okay. It's a very nice way to put it. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Natasha, for sharing a lot of insights. I'm happy that you got a lot out of the therapy. And I think also what I hear in your story, just realizing that it's okay if you sometimes also consider yourself and not only give. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be happy to be able to make others happy around you. It's also about, you know, give and take. If you constantly make others happy, but you don't make yourself happy, you end up being passive aggressive, I think, for the lack of the better word. Uh, but yeah, if you're happy, then you shine happiness. Yeah, you attract happy yeah. people as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Maybe one uh, last question from my side, and I will give uh, the word also to B afterwards. If you would be able to do it all over again, (laughs) would you do it the same way? Or would there be anything you would do differently? I would try to do it differently in a way that, well, I wish all these things that I learned when I was 45, right? So you can say I'm a slow or late learner, (laughs) (laughs) but it's never too late. I wish, you know, someone told me that when I was in my 20s or, you know, even 30s, um, so that you do not I think all the experiences are building you, but you know, it would have been nice not to have all of the experiences. Some I would have preferred to have skipped. The, the major part was for me being your authentic self, regardless of what the areas around you think or what's the cultural norm, wherever you are in the world, right? So the norm here may be different than some other parts of the world. But if you're being yourself, who cares? This is what I'm trying to, I don't want to say teach, but influence my niece to understand you know she's now 16 i think it's important for realizing how important seeing your authentic self is because that's the only thing you have you know yourself it's really it's really great good idea to also try to coach her in this (laughs) yeah good role model (laughs) b what would be your uh, last question to our dear natasha well, you said, I wish people told me things earlier. Do you think you would have believed it or taken it in? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I think certain things I learned by experience. 
So probably what I just said earlier, just, you know, I, I would prefer not to have experienced mm -hmm. some things. I probably wouldn't have learned them, right? If I, if yeah. I hadn't. Sometimes we learn the hard way, right? So what advice would you have given to your 25 year old self? If you can go back in time and have a serious talk to yourself when you're 25, what would you say? 25? Yeah. Whatever you want, just be honest to yourself. The hardest part is admitting to ourselves what it is that we want, right? Because it fights many other things. But yeah, just being honest to yourself. It's the, just don't be afraid to be honest to yourself. Nice. Yeah, that's good advice, I think, for any 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or 45-year-olds. <laughs> No, 45, I was just going to say, I know yeah. 45 year old. <laughs> Whatever the age. No, thank you very much, uh, Natasha. It was really very interesting and moving to listen to you and to your life experience and how you view life and love. Thank you for being here and for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. Thank you. And for now, uh, it will be bye-bye. And thank you to our listeners. Speak and hear you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Dating Stories. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. We'll see you in two weeks.